Welcome to the Dwelling Place Church audio podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We pray God speaks to you today through this message and through His Word. For more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org. Now, it's time to listen to this week's message. Well, I'm going to to set up what God's put in my heart today, start in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1. Now it is a a book that you have to be very careful of just reading one scripture uh, because you have to follow the preacher along the whole journey uh, of the season of life he's in. But just looking at this scripture alone, we won't take away from the intent of the original meaning. And it says in Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, to everything there is a season. Someone say season. A time for every purpose. Someone say purpose under heaven. I want to preach a message to you today titled Subtracted. Subtracted. Before I do, I'd like to pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you that name is above every name. I thank you that demons and Uh, Demons that are responsible for deception and distractions and bondages, seeking to divert us from kingdom purpose. I thank you they tremble at that name, the name of Jesus. I pray that hearts and focus and attention and minds would be loose from the influence of demons and evil spirits sent to keep us from the main things in our life. I ask Holy Spirit that you would fan into flame the fire of God and the love of God on the inside of us, the passion for your name's glory and your namesake. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Make much of Jesus today. May he be revealed to each person in a tangible and relevant and practical way. And we give you praise for this in Jesus' name. Amen. We got to ask the question, what is being distracted? First, it's not to be confused with overlooking something or not perceiving something. Now, being distracted can lead to such things, and yet they are distinct. In fact, by very definition, distraction is defined as, number one, having the attention diverted, or two, rendered incapable of behaving, reacting in a normal manner. I think about this picture I believe they have that they can put up. Was the driver distracted and wrecked? Or was the driver distracted from hitting the bullseye? He was so close. So close. But either way, the driver was distracted. I think of another picture that I have came across. Maybe they heard, get her done. So they went out and got her done, but they didn't get it done straight. Was the person distracted? Was it a he? Was it a she that was distracting the person? I don't know. But you can see that person was distracted. They were rendered incapable of acting in a normal manner, making a normal straight sideline. See, there are distractions. And whoever we are here, all of us that are here today, we deal with the Reality of distractions. There are others, of course, who stay distracted their whole life. 
They stay distracted their whole life from the most important questions. Why am I here? Who created me? What is our purpose? Why is there such order in creation and yet disorder in the world? Is there a standard for right and wrong? If so, where do you find such a standard if it exists? See, from birth, we, every one of us, were born distracted. Distracted from reality, from truth, deceived and diverted by the devil through sin and selfishness. Will anybody attest that you were born distracted? The problem and the great tragedy of life for so many is some never do what Jesus exhorted all to prioritize. We see this call of priority in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, red letters in Scripture. Jesus clearly says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are many who go in by it because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. Jesus, of course, is referring to the entrance, the gate of His kingdom, living under the rule and the reign of God, coming out of a kingdom of Satan's dominion of sin and oppression and fear and selfishness and lawlessness. See, some never find the main thing. They never find the way out of the ultimate distraction of sin and entrance through the narrow way into God's kingdom, into a new way of living into a new right relationship with their Creator. But then there are others. Some of these others are you here today. There are others after entering the kingdom through the only way of Jesus Christ get distracted from its priority. I think of what Jesus said in Matthew 6 and verse 31. He says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. Gentiles there he's using as those that not in covenant with God. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first. Someone say first. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. That's Jesus, by the way. And all these things shall be added to you. He says there are many who after they enter the kingdom get distracted. And they begin to seek things, but they're no longer seeking first the kingdom and Jesus, the king. This group of people, they find the main thing. They, at some point in their life, realize the main thing is to be able to come out of the distraction of sin and selfishness that we all were born into and to enter the kingdom of God and be reconciled and restored to a right relationship with our Creator. But this group of people, after finding the main thing of Jesus in the kingdom, get distracted from keeping the main thing the main thing. As it has been said, it's wise to major in the majors and minor in the minor things. And distractions present themselves where we begin to get that confused. We begin to major and prioritize and use the majority of our attention and energy on minor things and 
We are diverted from the major things, the eternal things, the the call of God and the things of His kingdom in our life. But I want to get even more specific today. There is another group that I have personally wrestled with for many years in America. It's a concern more specifically for you who are middle-aged and have maybe just come to faith in Jesus Christ. And or who now being middle-aged after years of growing up in or around a local church are now seeking to practically live a life that pleases God. Here is the concern, my friends. Will you ever learn what your kingdom purpose is? Will you ever learn what your kingdom purpose is? Will you ever acknowledge your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has a kingdom assignment for you? Will you ever, after acknowledging it, pursue it? Will you ever become aware of a passion and a burden and the specific part in the ministry of Jesus Christ that you are called to? See, I'm talking about an adult life that's already been lived and already been built but then becomes completely reoriented to the kingdom of God. That's what I'm talking about. I found such a concern over my years in the church and ministry with this group of people. Here's why. I have seen up close numerous young people encounter God and their life then take a trajectory of letting God build their life how He sees fit. I've seen it in this very church. I've not just read about it and heard about it. I've seen it with my very eyes. Young people encounter God through the power and ministry of Jesus Christ and His Holy Spirit and the whole trajectory of their life and future begin to shift where they prioritize Jesus and His kingdom assignment and His calling for their life. But me personally, I have not personally seen up close numerous middle-aged people encounter God and totally reorient themselves with the new given kingdom assignment and passion. I say all that up front, not to just single out a certain target audience and category of people, but I say that up front because I'm concerned that if what I just said applies to you, you're more vulnerable to wrongly apply the rest of what has been put on my heart today. See, notice our scripture in Ecclesiastes 3.1. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Notice for every purpose under heaven there is a time. Someone say, there is a time. There is a time for every purpose. There is a season to everything. What this means for each of us here today is purpose precedes season. Oh, I love that. God's purpose precedes the season. There's a season because there's a purpose. There's a time set because there's a purpose. In fact, God's purpose, His eternal purpose, preceded even the creation of time. The Bible says that grace and purpose was given to us through Jesus Christ before the foundations of the world. See, purpose precedes time. There is a season to everything. I think about, like I tell my wife, I say, my love, baby, listen, there's a time 
to display that affection you have for me. Not here, not now. Please, you're embarrassing me. No PDA in public. Don't you remember we met at a Bible school? No PDA. No public display of affection. Well, actually, the only time PDA is always welcomed is this one place. Many of you are familiar with this place. Maybe this item and this pic they're going to put up would be a great reminder for some of you husbands. Hold your wife's hand in the mall because if you let go, she'll start shopping. It looks romantic, but it's actually economic. All the PDA, hold my hand, baby. No, my wife's not like that, praise the Lord. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But in the mall, some of you might need to distract, distract, distract your spouse. Maybe it's some of you men that like to spend. But here's the point. There is not only an overriding kingdom purpose for our life, but there is also a purpose for each and every season we find ourselves in. There's not just an overriding purpose, kingdom assignment, a passion, a burden, spiritual gifts. You're part of the ministry of Jesus Christ and His work on the earth through what we're called the body of Christ. But there's also a specific purpose for each and every season. This is the importance of knowing your kingdom purpose. Because if you don't know your kingdom purpose, how are you going to know what time it is? regarding the season you're in. See, there is the potential not only to be distracted from knowing the main things. There's not only a temptation of being distracted from keeping the main things the main things, but there also is the possibility to be distracted from the main purpose for the specific season being accomplished in your life. I want to look at four distractions that cause many from allowing the purpose of this season to be accomplished in their life. The first thing I want to mention is comparison. Comparison. When I speak of comparison, I'm referring to unhealthy comparison. Such as, for some of you, if you've just been planted in the kingdom of God, if you have recently repented and placed faith and relational trust that Jesus is King and Lord and leader of your life, that if you have just been planted in the kingdom of God, where you start comparing your current experience with those who have walked with the Lord in obedience for decades. That is an unhealthy and dangerous comparison. It's like you being a seed just planted, getting distracted by the 15-year-old peach tree that's bearing its fruit in its season. It's an unhealthy comparison. Now, this type of distraction has always been around. As long as the desire to sin was around, this potential distraction has been around. It's as old and stems as far back as Cain and Abel. Cain wanted what Abel was experiencing without doing what Abel did. I'll say it again. Cain wanted what Abel was experiencing without doing what Abel did coming off the heels of last week and Pastor Craig did a wonderful job. Jesus, by the way, believed that Cain and Abel were real people. He spoke specifically and said Cain and Abel. But this issue of distraction 
stems all the way from Cain and Abel. And I believe that we're observing in the younger generation in America that this sin of an unhealthy comparison is seeking to become a stronghold on them. That, listen, you are not owed instantly what others have walked faithfully towards for years in order to receive. I want to say it again. You are not owed instantly what others have walked for years faithfully towards and have received. See, this is the danger of comparison. The danger of comparison is that you never know if what you are comparing yourself against is actually best for you. You never know that what you're comparing and measuring yourself against or measuring the life of another compared to your life, you never know if that is actually best for you. When you think of comparison, I think of this funny picture about Alexander Schott and John Knott. Sometimes you say, would I rather be my last name Schott or would I rather my last name be Knott? Well, Alexander Schott and John Knott. Knott was Schott and Schott was not. In this case, it is better to be Schott than not. See, listen. We compare ourselves and think it's better to have that, to have that life, to be that person. But we get confused that sometimes actually it's better to be shot than not. See, comparison is a great thief of purpose. It's a great thief of purpose. And the reality is, it is not possible that our current season's purpose lines up with the seasons of everyone else in our life. It's not possible. For though all of us who are brothers and sisters in Christ, though we all have one God and one Father and one Lord and one Spirit and one hope of our calling, listen, we do not all have the same season every season. And the danger of unhealthy comparison is to compare your season with another brother and sister's season. But listen, it's impossible for every brother and sister to be having and experiencing the same season you are. And when we get distracted for what might be the main purpose of our season, we miss what God's doing in us, what He's wanting to do for us, because we're focused in comparing ourselves on another brother and sister season. Are you with me? Distraction. Listen, it's okay that not every one of our brothers and sisters, not everyone else in this church, is experiencing the same season as you. But to compare in an unhealthy manner that gets us distracted is not okay from God's purpose that He has for us in this season. Are you with me? Someone say comparison. It's a big, big distraction from the purpose of this season. Secondly, stuff. Someone say stuff. Did you know that one in 11 Americans have a storage unit. One in 11. That is enough units to fill Hoover Dam 26 times. 26 times. It's a big business. 
I get wrongly accused sometimes by my mates, Craig and Meredith Mossgrove. And of course, Michelle, she jumps in as well on the tag team. But let me say first, I don't have a storage unit. Second, we don't have a basement filled with stuff. I just have some shells in our garage filled with stuff. Now here's the deal. I have held on to some things or some things have been passed down to me from my childhood. And the fact that I still have some of this stuff means I'm just a couple of years away from starting an antique business. See, this stuff that I still have that we've kept or been passed down to me, it's not like new enough. You know, it's not like still fairly new where no one else wants it and it's no longer trendy and you give it away or throw it away. It's not that new to be worthless and just toss it. But they're getting close enough to being old enough, the 40-year mark, where they're either going to be trendy again, collectible again, or an antique worth something. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody help me this morning? I'm just trying to think long-term how to make money for the kingdom. Actually, years ago when the Lord began teaching me about the kingdom, the Lord challenged me personally to get rid of any personal item that was a treasure to me that didn't have practical use. Think about something uh, I bought for myself on our honeymoon that was a sort of treasure and I had in my office and I didn't want my heart to be attached to anything that was like that and just stored up in my home and the Lord led me to get rid of several things like that. Here's the point. More stuff can lead to more distractions. More stuff can lead to more distractions. Distractions from what? Number one, learning and becoming clear on your overriding kingdom purpose. Secondly, becoming distracted from the purpose of the season that you're in. The question then I must ask you, because I've asked myself, is what about stuff in your life? So there is the possibility of being distracted from the purpose of the season through unhealthy comparison, stuff. Thirdly, entertainment. Did you know last year alone the online video services said that members worldwide watch more than 140 million hours a day. They streamed 140 million hours total a day when you add it all up. That equates to more than 1 billion hours a week. 1 billion hours. Entertainment. My question is to you, because I care about you, what is your part in that stat? And after you know your part in that stat, is it a distraction? A distraction from the main thing. A distraction from keeping the main thing. The main thing. A distraction from the purpose of the season of what God by His Spirit through Jesus Christ wants to do in your heart and in your life. Now here's the point. Listen, if you know the main things, if you're keeping the main things, the main things, and also you're aware of the main purpose for this specific season being accomplished, then okay. Nothing's wrong with entertainment in and of itself. 
Just like nothing's wrong in and of money in and of itself, it's what you do with money. Nothing's wrong with entertainment unless it's completely wicked and debased entertainment. But it's how we utilize entertainment. But the reality is, as you and I know, and our conscience is convicted and know, that most of the people in America today, that is not the case where they know the main things of life, they're keeping the main things the main things, and they are prioritizing God's purpose for this specific season they're in. Distracted by entertainment. Distracted. Listen, we can prioritize the kingdom and the purpose of this season above entertainment. God has given us the ability and He's empowered us to be able to prioritize the things above more than the things below. Don't accept lies. Don't accept lies that drive you to stay in bondage. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's help and liberty. In Jesus' name. But is that the case for you? Has entertainment become not something that Paul would say? That all that you do, do for the glory of God. But has it become a distraction? That's not being utilized for the glory of God. Do you prioritize entertainment before the main thing of the day and the main things of the week have been accomplished? Or is entertainment after you've kept the main thing the main thing, prioritize your purpose for the season, and it's used to glorify God? How? So that your physical body can get rest. To have some emotional release from all the things you have to keep up and organize when you're at work. Are you able to do it for the glory of God or is it becoming a distraction? We must always ask ourselves that question. Paul said, listen, there are many things permissible for us in the new covenant, but I'll not be brought in bondage to any of them. Just because it's not sin doesn't mean it's God's best for you this season. Are you with me? Because if it's keeping you from knowing the main things of your life, if it's keeping you from keeping the main things to main things, if it's keeping you from prioritizing the purpose of this season, then it's actually bringing you into bondage from God's best for your life. For truly experiencing life in Him and in His kingdom. So there is comparison, there is stuff, there is entertainment, and then I want to camp out in conclusion at number four, busyness. Now those of you that know me a little more than others, know that busy is a four-letter cuss word to my ears. I don't ever encourage people to use the word busy around me. Busy sounds like you're out of control. Busy seems like you're on a ride and you can't get off. But we're empowered people. Where people call to an intentionality to lead life by the power of Jesus Christ. We have the power of the Most High God in our life, the Holy Spirit to comfort and lead and guide us and to order our steps and to give us intentionality. When you think of busyness, listen to this quote from Thomas Merton. To allow oneself to be carried away by a multitude of conflicting concerns 
To surrender to too many demands, to commit oneself to too many projects, to want to help everyone and everything is to succumb to violence. Wow. Does that seem extreme to you? Let me assure you it's not. If you'll follow me to Luke chapter 10 and verse 40, they'll put it up. Luke chapter 10 and verse 40, Jesus comes into a home that he's visited often, the home of Lazarus and his sisters. Jesus is sitting there, but the text, Dr. Luke records the event in chapter 10 and verse 40. He says, but Martha was distracted. Distracted through sin? No. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she approached him, Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her, Jesus. Tell her to help me. In fact, in one translation, it says Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. That concerns me. It concerns me when what we think is big in the eyes of God is actually what is not truly big. It concerns me when we we think what is important in the eyes of God is actually not the most important. Here is Martha. She's distracted and she's distracted by a good thing. She's distracted by serving. She's distracted by the big thing she's preparing and going to do for God, do for Jesus. But notice the distraction leads to the comparison. She begins to compare herself with her sister. It leads to an unhealthy comparison. Then the distraction leads to wrong feelings. Lord, do you not care? Lord, do you not see all that I'm doing? Do you not see my effort? Do you not see my sincerity? She's experiencing emotions that are rooted in being distracted. And here's the dangerous thing for all of us is the distraction then leads to an act of aggression. Thomas Merton was right. Notice it said she approached him and said, but you know what the picture is in the original language that Dr. Luke paints for us? It's an image of forcefully coming to Jesus. Forcefully coming to Jesus. In verse 40, she tells Jesus forcefully, tell her. That's what's called demanding. That's what's called controlling. That's what's called manipulative. It's an act of aggression. This is why distractions, though it might not be sins, are so important. Because it gets us feeling things that we don't need to feel. It gets us thinking and believing things that are not true. Lord, do you not care for me? And it gets us comparing ourselves to others wrongly. Listen, Martha didn't understand the purpose of the season of the moment. Why? Because she was distracted with much serving. See, listen, Jesus was in the house. Jesus, the one who had eternal words, the words of eternal life, Jesus that heals every broken heart, Jesus who restores lost dreams, 
Jesus who cleanses us of our guilt and our shame. Jesus that reorients our life to the life God intended for us. He's there in the house and yet she's distracted from much serving. Listen, when Jesus' manifest presence shows up, the work has served its purpose up till then. When Jesus, by the power of His Spirit, shows up in a gathering at dwelling place, all the preparation we did in the weeks and the months before has served its purpose. But when He manifests Himself, we sit at His feet. We spend time with Him. We draw close to Him. We lay aside our agenda. See, I envision a church, I envision you as a person, I envision us as a people that understands and models this in our gatherings. That when Jesus reveals His manifest power and presence here in gatherings, that the agenda goes away and we feel the altar sitting at His feet and the hand of God goes where the hand of man can't go and He fixes our heart, He heals our heart, He delivers us from bondages, He breaks off our life, yokes and distractions, that we we get overwhelmed with the manifest presence and power of Almighty God because we're living in a day and it's always been a day where we can't walk out what God's called us to without encountering His manifest power and presence. See, notice what distraction is. It's when we can't do what? React in a normal way. Martha's so distracted she can't React in a normal way that Jesus is there and the thing to prioritize is sitting at His feet and hearing His direction and hearing His words. Because one word from Jesus can change your whole future, friend. One promise for Jesus can provide for you for decades. When Jesus shows up, it's got to be prioritized. His manifest presence, we have to be a church that gives space when Jesus shows up for the Holy Spirit to do what only He can do. Religion and going through good things can't change people. It takes the Holy Spirit taking the truth of God's Word and like a, a well-wise craftsman writing that upon hearts and minds. Listen, when he shows up, it's time to stop and focus on him. I find it interesting that Jesus only said the name of a dead person one time in order to raise him from the dead. But he said the name of a distracted person two times in order to get their attention. Lazarus, come forth. He came. Martha, Martha, you're distracted. Look at it in Luke 10 and verse 41. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Let me tell you what I heard this week as well recently as I was preparing and for what God would say in this series. That for many of us here, what I heard is maybe 
it is not so much that we get distracted from the kingdom, but we get distracted that it's for the king. Let me explain. The people that are more vulnerable to be distracted from the kingdom aren't here today. They won't be here probably this whole month. But you're here. What that tells me is, is you're a person that's come to a place where with all of the many things in your life, with all of the troubles and the difficulties and the cares of this life and all of the responsibilities that you have, that you're ultimately not going to be distracted from the reality of God your Father, Jesus Christ, your King and His kingdom. You have a heart that's come alive to the things of God. But I think the biggest distraction for that group, me included, is maybe it's not so much about us getting distracted from the kingdom and never thinking about it. Because obviously you think about it, you're here today. But it's getting distracted that everything in our life is for the king. That everything in our life... See, for most families here today, I don't think I primarily will convince you, nor should I convince you, to stop letting children be involved in some extracurricular activities. Caleb just finished playing baseball. They came in second in his league Friday night. I guess the only good thing about coming in second and not first is that the first place team got purple ribbons. He got gold ribbons. So I said, at least you didn't get purple. <laughs> but I don't think I can convince you that children should be involved in some extracurricular activity, sports, dance, clubs. Nor do I think I'll convince you, nor should, that many of you to stop working 40 to 55 plus hours a week at your job. To take care and manage the affairs of your home, your yard, paying your bills. Taking vacations in times of rest and refocus. Now if you don't know your kingdom purpose, all of that's very scary. Because that's where the majority of your time is going right now. But for many of us, maybe the issue is not stopping those things. Maybe the biggest distraction of the devil in this season of life and for years in this type of season of life is not so much that we get distracted from the kingdom, but we get distracted that all of that's for the king. For instance, Mother's Day is next week. I think of moms and what a gift of God that we see His image through mothers. What a gift. But you know, sometimes moms get distracted from a lie that says, you know what, Chad, you're, you, you know, I like you and all, and you're okay, leader. But to really relate to me, you got to be in my shoes. The reality is, is I don't have to be in your shoes to relate. So listen, apparently Jesus didn't either. He was never, never a mother. Like Jesus could relate to sinners and he never sinned. Are you with me? So we have to be careful that just because someone's not in our season, that doesn't mean they can't relate. Because you know what I read, mothers? I read that an average four-year-old child asks 437 questions a day. 
I think distractions relevant, mothers. 437 questions a day from a four-year-old. But again, maybe it's not so much that most get distracted from the kingdom because mothers are here, but maybe mothers or others get distracted that they and children are for the king. That the children and parenting is for the king. It's not, parenting's not distracting you from the kingdom, but I think the biggest temptation is being distracted that parenting is for the king. I think what C.S. Lewis said, he said, children are not a distraction from more important work. They are the most important work. Maybe your work and your job, friend, is not a distraction from the kingdom. Maybe that's not the temptation for the majority of us. Maybe what we're tempted at and being diverted in is maybe we're distracted that our work and job is for the king. Maybe my concern all these years for middle-aged people that I never see totally reorient their life to the king and his kingdom when they get born again or for, begin to actually want to please the Lord, begin to be touched and on fire for God, maybe it's because it's not so much stopping some things in your life, it's now seeing that all those things in your life are for the king. Maybe it's not stopping working because at work is where people who need Jesus are. Maybe it's now not being distracted that when you go to work, you go to work understanding my work is for the king. That maybe I'm not going to sports games as if they're distracted from the kingdom because I'm going to continue to think about the king and his kingdom. But maybe the distraction for me is that when I go to a sports game remembering that I'm there for the king, that there's still people that don't know his hope that there's still people that don't know His goodness, that there's still people that don't know what it feels like to have a past cleansed and washed and brought into a space where you can prosper in the things of God and can experience the goodness of God. Though we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, that a table can be set before you where you can eat and taste and see the goodness of God even when there's still enemies around us. Maybe it's not housework that will distract you from the kingdom. But maybe you're distracted that the housework is for the king. That it's stewarding it for the king. That your house is for the king. Maybe friends and family are not a distraction from the kingdom. But you are distracted that family and friends are for the king. They're for the king. Maybe stuff and entertainment are not a distraction from the kingdom. But you are distracted that the stuff you've been blessed with and the entertainment you can enjoy are for the king. See, listen, I believe that the majority of those that are here today many that are listening, that the main distraction is who is it for? 
Is it for me and my purpose? Or is it for the king and his purpose? Listen, this is a game changer, friends. It's a game changer. You know why it's a game changer? Because who it's for affects our attitude. Who it's for affects our joy. Is your attention diverted where things you're thinking and seeing them as being for you instead of for the king? It makes a huge practical difference. So at last, what does the title subtracted have to do with distracted? Go again to Luke 10 and 41 as the band comes. Luke 10 and 41. So on your card there, you see at the end that there's some fill in the blanks. It's because at the conclusion, I'm going to ask you to write something else and to get you already writing. You see that first open blanks under number four. Maybe it is not so much that most get distracted from the kingdom, from the kingdom, but distracted that it is for the king. Maybe it's not so much that most get distracted from the kingdom. Like you're going to think about God. You're going to think about the kingdom. You're going to think about what God's doing at dwelling place. You're going to be a part. But distracted that it is for the king. Martha's serving, but Jesus' manifest presence is there before her. And the main thing is stop serving because you've been serving not for you. You've been serving for the king. And the king's there. Sit at his feet. Worship him. Listen to him. Draw close to him. Let him have his way in your life. For you abide in him and he abides in you. Luke 10, 41, And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Someone say many things. But one thing, someone say one thing. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Listen, I have seen many things subtracted in believers' lives until they were no longer distracted from the one thing. Have you ever been there? Has that ever been you? Have you ever, if it's not been you, seen friends or people you've went to the gathering in the church with, and you think, man, why are these things happening in their life? They're a follower of Jesus Christ. God Almighty is their Father, and things are being subtracted from them. Things are not going right, whether it's at work or this or that. I've seen it time and time again that God loves you so much. He values His kingdom purpose that He has for you so much. He values the fruit and the glory He wants to get out of your life so much that I've seen time and time again many things subtracted in believers' lives until they were no longer distracted from the one thing that's always needed. The one thing that's always needed is that we position ourselves at the feet of Jesus. That we seek first the righteousness of God, Jesus Christ, our King, because only He can give us clarity for the season we're in. 
Only He can give the ultimate marching orders for what He has for us. Only He can do things that only He can do like go to some deep places in our soul and heal us and uproot wrong attitudes and wrong images of ourself and our future. Only He has the power to heal but no doctor around you could ever heal. You remember Matthew 6 where He said, Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will what? Be added to you. So subtraction only comes into play when we're not doing the one thing that's needed which is sitting at the feet of Jesus spending intimate time with Him in prayer, intimate time with Him reading His scripture intimate time worshiping Him by ourselves, not just at the gathering coming and fellowshipping with the Spirit and other brothers and sisters through gatherings but we sit at the feet of Jesus that is the one thing that's needed Sometimes you look back on your pain and you wonder how it could be used as good. But I was young enough that in my failures of trying to live for Jesus and not understanding how He wants to live through me, not me live for Him, that I got to a place of so broken, so messed up, that just to survive and make it through a day, if I didn't spend time in God's presence, I couldn't have conversations with people. I couldn't make it out in public with a lot of people. God in His mercy used that brokenness to teach me. And there's a lot I can always do. There's a lot of opportunities always around. There's always a lot of needs and people to serve. But there is one thing that's needed most for Chad Craig. And that's to sit at the feet of Jesus and let Him do what only He can do. Let Him touch what only He can touch. Let Him anoint what only He can anoint. And out of the one thing, he can add the other things. But without the one thing, things begin to be subtracted. One thing's needed, and Mary has chosen the good part. It will not be taken away from her. Listen, friends, keep the main thing the main thing. Jesus and spending time with him. You know why? For without the one thing, we will get distracted that everything is for the king. I'll say it again. Listen. Without the one thing, we will get distracted that everything is for the king. Without the one thing, we'll get distracted that motherhood, fatherhood, our children, our home, our stuff, entertainment, our job, our friends, our relationships, our vacations. Without the one thing, we'll get distracted that everything is for the king. And that is our biggest temptation, I believe, here in America and those I'm speaking to today. And without sitting at Jesus' feet, we'll be distracted from this season's purpose we're in. We'll be distracted. He won't be able to frame and define what He's wanting to do in this season and while you're facing what you're facing and the purpose behind it because, listen, purpose precedes the time and season you're in. In the Gospels, I counted this week 38 times where it's recorded that Jesus refers to the fact that He was sent. 38 times. Now that doesn't even take into consideration all his I am statements. I am the bread of life. I am the well of salvation. What this means is, is Jesus constantly affirmed his purpose. He constantly affirmed his main thing. And by constantly affirming his main thing, he was able to keep the main thing the main thing. You were given a sermon card. If not, you should have, but 
If not, take something out. There's a card in front of you, and I want to encourage you in conclusion to turn to the back of this card, the sermon card. Get an offering envelope. Get a communication card. I want to give you the next two minutes. As they begin to worship, I want to challenge you to do something. I want to ask you to write one of your main things, one of your main purposes for the kingdom of God upon it. Write a main kingdom assignment, a a mission statement of your life that God has showed you. Why? Because in writing it and remembering it and by affirming it, it helps you keep the main thing the main thing. Why? Because purpose precedes season. And if you can write it and remember it, then when you find yourself in the season you're in, you'll know that there was a purpose that preceded the season you find yourself in. Now listen to me. If you don't know what it is, you don't know what to write, listen. I want to challenge you to stay here in this community called Dwelling Place, this local church, until you do know what to write. Listen to me. Jesus spent time sitting in the synagogues before he ever affirmed his sending. He was sitting in the synagogue at 12 before he ever affirmed that he was sent from the Father. Why don't you also, if you don't know, sit in this community until you know and can affirm what you're sent for, for the King. They're going to worship. You're going to write. When you get done writing, you can stand to your feet and join them in worship. We're going to go out of here with a celebration and celebrate the work of God's Spirit in our life. Thank you so much for listening to this week's message. If you would like more information about our church, be sure to visit us on the web at dwellingplacemovement.org.